You're listening to Yellow Packaging by Justlyn and Colton. We're two Asians born and raised in Vancouver, living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority. Our podcast is about nothing, about something, and about everything. We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city, and how that relates back to our place in a Western society. So sit back, listen up, and get a new view on what it's like. And get a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver. To live in Vancouver. Hey, what's up? This is Colton. Hi, this is Jesslyn. And this is episode 13 of 13. Yellow Packaging. Wow, wow, wee wow. Yeah, we are on a roll with this. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. We've got like a good uh, good system going. It's been roughly two weeks, I'd say, since we last recorded. The last recording was Chinese New Year's. Oh, right yeah. Right before Chinese New Year's. It's now March 1st, so maybe like a little over two weeks. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It has been. Wow, we are really good at this. It's officially March Podcasting. 1st. I feel like it's the start of spring. Oh, it was warm today, though. It yeah, was really nice. it was nice. It was a beautiful day today. I'm actually starting to notice that it's actually a lot lighter now, too. Thank goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jess, yeah. you are 37 weeks pregnant now. No, I'm 36. 36 weeks pregnant. Yeah, 36. Um, Give us an update. Okay, well, I had to leave work um, on sick leave because of the condition I told you. Right. The last podcast. Um, so she thinks I could pop anytime, which I right now I'm not doubting. Like it could happen, it could blow just everywhere at any moment. And how does that make you feel? I'm nervous. I'm sweaty. Nervous? Even talking about it right now, yeah. I'm a sweaty mess. Um, What's one thing that makes you nervous? Just like the actual giving birth part or yeah just the like anticipation of both but i think it's mostly like how the whole exit's gonna happen that's all i can see right now like i can't see past like oh taking her home yeah. um what home like life is gonna be like after yeah like i'm so focused just on that like i don't, I don't even know i can't even imagine a baby in the house popping out of there yeah like or just hanging out in a bassinet, yeah. like in the living room or something. Right. Like, I can't even imagine that. I'm just like really thinking about the labor part. Like the pain that comes with it? Or? The pain, just like how it's all going to happen. So Coleman and I went to uh, prenatal class. Right. And that was a few weeks ago too. I think it was like the 17th. And um, they share a video of a woman giving birth. Right. And it was, it looked like a murder scene. And she's screaming like it was a fucking murder scene. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a lot. That's just her experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in this book I'm reading um, about, it's uh, a midwife wrote it, you know, it's like there's some short stories about women sharing their experience and it's positive. So I'm trying to like wrap my mind around that. But visually, yeah. all I can think of is this like woman and ugh. And her, the baby's like punching me now. Um, and her experience. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing like, I'm reading and it's like, it's euphoric. Some women have like an orgasmic experience. Right. Um, it wasn't that painful. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is what this person said in the book. I know no one who said it was like orgasmic, orgasmic euphoric, yeah. like painless, almost painless yeah. um, or anything like that. Like, I don't know anyone. I only know horror stories like oh it was so painful I like threw up the whole time <laughs> like oh god I also feel like it's probably like the mindset too right like how you're going into it if you are of the mindset that it's probably going to be painful as fuck and it's gonna be like the worst thing you've ever experienced then yeah the likelihood of that happening is probably like high right pretty high I think yeah you're psyching yourself out yeah. so I'm trying to do that now it's like, girl, you think skinny, yeah. but you have arms up high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just think of the best orgasm you're ever going to have. It's going to be this one. Yeah. Uh, I guess it makes sense, too. Like, all of that region's like, yeah. the nerves are all, like, close together. Yeah. Um, okay. But, yeah, I need, to, I need to talk to, like, a real-life person who's had, like, a positive like, experience. You know, your like, your sister is one. Your cousin is another oh, one. Oh, my sister has, like, horror stories galore. Like, that's why she has a C-section for her third one. Oh, she did? Yeah. But the first two were natural, right? They were natural. So, I don't remember her saying it was, like, that positive either. It like, sure what can you, be a little dramatic. But too. also, like, what are you hoping for, though? Well, you know, I know I, there's going to be some pain. Like, yeah. those contractions. You already know what be, to expect. Yes. But I want to be able, like, the women in the, these books have, like, managed that kind of pain. Like, it wasn't the worst thing they've ever experienced. 
Yeah. It seems very like positive. So I'm hoping for that. Okay. And nothing like prolonged either. I don't want days of being in labor. Ugh, I don't even want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> You should, yeah. you should have thought of that before you let him stick it in. It'll be fine, you know. I think it'll be an amazing, memorable experience. Yeah. It may be painful, but it'll also be like an experience that, like, if you don't plan on having kids again, this will be like your first yeah. experience and only experience, you know? Yeah, so that's the other thing, too. I do want to enjoy all yeah. aspects of it. Ladies and gentlemen, let this be a lesson <laughs> to all y'all for putting out. Yeah. This could happen to you. <laughs> it could happen to you. I don't know. From, I, I talked to a, uh, one of my coworkers today who gave birth and she says it's, it's the most magical experience ever. Yeah. Like that's not saying it's not painful, but it also is just like such an emotionally charged and memorable and magical and just powerful moment yeah that you know i think you shouldn't be afraid of it but you should be you should look forward to it with caution yeah no that's a good way to put it yeah it's true i, I am looking forward to that part i think me and her will own it yeah and we'll like we'll do it our way or whatever way Who's that is her? the baby oh yeah oh yeah i forgot about her <laughs> <laughs> you're pregnant <laughs> I thought you were getting liposuction. <laughs> JK. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the baby culted. <laughs> yeah. Me and her will just have to yeah. do it. Because it really is just going to be me and her. For sure. Going through oh, yeah. the physical aspect yeah. of it. I'm um, sure she's dreading it, too. She's like, you want me to wet now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think she wets out. She's like, I think it's too smushy in there for her. Yeah. Let's just stretch out her dancing legs. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm yeah. excited. It's like, it's crazy to think that, you know, how quickly we've come so far already, right? Like, when you first announced it to, like, now. What was that, episode six or something? I think so, yeah. It's crazy, like, to think that we've gone that far. Well, look at us. I know. So Growing, growing babies. Yeah. So, it's going to be really exciting once we have a new addition in the family. We haven't thought of a name, so that might be it. Yeah. So let's hope she never watches bad TV because I know where the <laughs> reference is from. I totally didn't realize that that's where I got it from until you said, I know where I got it from. And I was like, I do too now. <laughs> yeah. So good. That is so good. So what's going on with you? You're going on a trip soon. Yeah. So you? it's one of my good, close, longtime friends, uh, Julie. Yeah. She's getting married in Vegas at Caesars Palace. Oh. So next Wednesday, I fly out to Vegas. Um, we are actually going to me and my other friend Hannah are gonna me Hannah and her husband are gonna drive to Arizona Page Arizona and hit up um, Antelope Canyon which is like this beautiful like canyon essentially are there antelopes there yeah there are you, get ride, out. you ride antelopes through the canyon get out no, no <laughs> don't trick a pregnant woman <laughs> sorry I thought you would know how dare you but if you google it like you'll recognize what it is so Sweet. we're gonna do that for a few days we're gonna go there on next Wednesday to Friday and then drive back and then her wedding is on the weekend what's the drive like from Vegas to it's Antelope four and a half hours oh, so I kind of know it because like Maybe it would have been made. Would have, maybe it would have made more sense if we had just bought a ticket to Arizona instead. Then, yeah, yeah, it would have made more sense. But then I'm just like, that was so dumb of us. But whatever. I think it'll be a nice drive, regardless. Yeah, I love road trips. Yeah, so that'll be fun. But that's kind of what I have. To Vegas. To. What else are you gonna do in Vegas? Uh, eat. I yeah, definitely. I don't. I, I don't really care much for shows or anything. But like, I want to hit up uh, Momofuku Milk Bar. I okay, want to hit up yeah. Slut. I want to hit up In and Out. I want to hit up Earl of Sandwich. Oh, give some good. I know. So like, those are the four that I must have, and then everything else is just cherry on top, so to speak. But I'm I want to eat. I want to eat a lot of fucking food. Yeah, so. that's well, that's the place to be all. Yeah. So gluttonous. We shall see. Good. Yeah. So since we last recorded, it was Chinese New Year's. Yeah. So I went to that event that. Um, Fortune. Get lucky. Get lucky. What did you call it before? I don't remember. It was hilarious. Baby Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome though, right? Yeah, it was a really, it was a cool event. Um, I I hope they do it again next year. Yeah. Um, I missed out on all the dumplings because we got there late. Yeah. That's awesome. And then we also did the Talking Stick Fest, which was really cool as well. Oh, that was so (laughs) 
good. To where it's water worse <laughs> for you. You it didn't even start and you're already tearing up and I don't crying. know. I was emotional. It was just so beautiful. Everything about it was yeah. beautiful. It definitely like put things into perspective for me. Like when um they were saying how like they're like the indigenous the native girls were wearing those shirts that were saying like missing the missing ladies. Yeah. And I didn't realize like how like I, I was aware of it, but I didn't realize how um I guess close it was, you know? It's like this is like your cousin or your aunt or something that just goes missing and nothing happens. You know what I mean? And I think that's what really stuck to me is like, holy shit, it's not just like something you see on the news, but when you meet somebody who actually is like going through that, is going through that, you realize how much injustice there is. And that's what they're trying to do, I guess, through their like grief and also whatever their political stance is too. Yeah. They're dancing. Totally. Or the art is helping them through that. Right. Um, and then them linking with Babette's yeah. um, Katara. Like, yeah. All of that was just so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. It's hard, too, because um, like I'll, I think it's still a girl. But yeah. um, as of now, like I'll be having a girl. And um, I can't just I can't imagine that scenario yeah. ever happening. Right. Totally. Um, but yeah, maybe that's also what was like pulling the strings of my heart is yeah. like, that's someone's, you know, daughter, sister, yeah, totally. you know what I mean? Cousin. Mom. Mom. Yeah. Um, who's missing. Totally. I agree. And like, they don't get that closure. For sure. It was definitely an eye opener for me. And I'm actually really grateful for the Talking Stick Fest for, you know, having us and, you know, kind of exposing me to a new perspective. Yeah. On issues going on. Um, the other girl, I forget her name now. The She did the spoken word. Oh, Kim Villa Gunn she was really good too yeah. i was like um i hope to have her i yeah. know i ran away i really had to pee <laughs> yeah literally we were just standing there and then babette was like selfies let's take a let's take a photo like and then she's trying to introduce kim and us and then you i was like yeah sure and i whipped up my phone and turned around and you're like already out yeah, and i was I like oh go. this is awkward <laughs> you gotta go you gotta go yeah and that was that moment i just could not have our first interaction with a puddle of piss <laughs> on the ground uh, but then we're like, gotta go, bye! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we will reconnect, um, yeah. Kim. And hopefully the Asian Heritage um, is something we can uh, also check out and then possibly, I don't know, participate. Yeah, that would be really great. Um, and then we'll maybe we can have like a new guest as well. I mean, maybe it's Kim. Yeah, maybe it'll be Kim. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We didn't uh, burn that bridge. Cool. We're running away. Well, that was our kind of up to date on what's going on with us and just a recap of what happened while we were gone yeah i'm glad we did all those things yeah totally okay cool Not should offensive. we move on to some topics, Other topics? Yeah. yeah who should go first um well i guess i could i was going to follow up with yeah. the whole like real estate so recap what we talked about so we just talked about um it was a discussion i had like the weekend previous to yeah. recording about the housing market right. and how it's like the foreigners that are yeah. dropping up the prices right which is you know partially true but yeah. that's only like two percent of mm-hmm. the market mm-hmm. and the rest is other buyers yeah. who are like local mm-hmm. um and then we were going to talk about how the foreign tax would play into that yeah. Um, so I did read an article recently about how it is going to be more difficult for foreigners to buy property here. So they're going to like increase the property tax or like increase the make... property tax. Yes. Um, but okay. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? I was like, okay, yeah, it's great to tax foreign, foreign buyers. Right. But that's not going to change the fact that it's still expensive. Like you're like, Oh yeah. I don't know if this is like part of your discussion, but you had mentioned prior to recording that that the Grosvenor, which is, which is a new condominium opening up right beside you, starts at $800,000 for a one-bedroom, right? Yeah, there's no studios. It yeah. start, and that's we get first dibs on that. Yeah, exactly. It's Woo-woo. like, that doesn't change the fact that we still can't afford... No, it doesn't at all. ...housing, so to speak. Like, we have to rely on... So, like, what is... How does that... So, I don't even know. Even if they get... If they're taxed so much, yeah. or the, the there's an increase in that, in that foreign tax... Right. The, uh, the rent is not going to change. Like, yeah. even if they buy that yeah. and they don't plan on living, they'll still pay the empty house tax yeah. every year to yeah. the city. Right. But then they'll rent it out yeah. to somebody exactly. and still charge them something insane anyway. Yeah. So I don't know if it really makes a difference. Because, like, right now they're saying... Um, 
this is what's considered affordable housing. A yeah. one bedroom is seventeen fifty right. a month. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I think I was talking about how it was crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Are you, when you said that, I was just like, that seems normal. That's not, okay, that seems normal. So a two bedroom is 25. Yeah. About twenty five hundred. It's hard. It's it's really like what is a normal price though? Like what are we comparing our city with? You know, are we comparing ourselves to New York City, San Francisco? Like, I don't think we are either. Right, we're definitely not San Francisco. Yeah. We're definitely not New York. I know we're not San Francisco. We're not New York. But are we comparing ourselves to that though? The Vancouver kinda... is is like a desirable city to live in, right? No, it's, it's not like, true. It's not like some buttfuck nowhere town. We are no yeah. but fuck. You're yeah, right. Exactly. So um yeah. Okay, anyways, regardless. Irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> I just saw a post about how to use that word. Yeah. Um, have you been saying irregardless? No, I haven't. Good. Because I fear that word. <laughs> like am I using it right? I'm not yeah. sure if I'm using it. Uh so yeah, so that was that article. I didn't yeah. really want to get into it. Yeah. It is a very touchy subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think at this point too, like it is what it is. Yeah you know what it costs to live here and you make the choice to live here yeah or you move yeah and it is sad that you know oh another article i saw it's like uh a pretty like i guess what would you say that affluent they this couple that has like shares in like breweries and other businesses in the city yeah they're getting evicted out of a home they rent because they can't afford and they haven't been able to afford a home in the city right uh did you see that article no um, I think one of them is like they own Main Street Brewer, and they can't afford to like live in the city. Yeah, so they're getting kicked out. They have a they were renting a house. Yeah. Um, just sort of like on the border of Vancouver and Burnaby, so yeah. like Forty Ninth and Boundary, like right. that area. Yeah. And uh, now those houses, like it was like um, a couple rows of houses. Yeah all got bought out by a developer right. and now there's going to be Race like condos. a yeah. condo built there. Right. Um, so now they have to find a place. Yeah. So even if you sell your place in your, like in your block or you whatever, still buy a place. you still have to buy a place, but then yeah. you get bought out. Like you can't live there anymore. Yeah, totally. Um, and then like, where do you go in a sense? Right. Like, yeah, where do you, where do you go? Yeah, no, I agree. Like my, my oh, like, me. even with my mom, like kind of makes me think about that in her situation where she lives in New Westminster her two sons, myself and and your husband, Coleman. Yeah. We live downtown, right? And the trek from New Westminster to downtown Vancouver, it's not like a quick drive, right? It's oh. like probably like a thirty minute drive, I'm guessing. Plus like taking the sky train, what is that, like an hour? Right. And a bus? Uh forty for me, it takes me forty five minutes to go from um my place to her place. And that's like well timed, like as in get on the sky train, get off, take the bus, bus to her place. Oh, that's like forty five minutes. And I have to perfectly time it. But just talking about that, like we were saying, oh, if you want to live closer, then you should consider selling your place and then buying a new place, you know? And I think like for somebody at my mom's age, she doesn't really want to really do that anymore because she's like almost paid off the place that she has now. Yeah. And then for her to like sell it and then move down, move to Vancouver and then buy a place, she was, she would kind of have to like mortgage it, like pay a mortgage again at her age where she's almost like going to retire soon. She doesn't really want to deal with the mortgage, right? Oh, totally. So, whereas like she's getting like, say, I don't know, I'm just trying to sell like a 1500 square feet at her place in New Westminster, two bedroom, two bathroom, balcony, well, a balcony as well. And she's moving to Vancouver where she's actually having to like half her place for like a one bedroom or yeah. something like a two bedroom, but like half at 800 square feet so it's like to her it's like okay i could do that and downsize but now i'm stuck with like another mortgage i have to pay you know even though like it wouldn't be that much but at her age like you don't want to have to pay more again she's like close to retirement she's almost done paying off her place right now totally it doesn't seem like it's like a feasible option and i get it you know and then she's like if you move in with me (laughs) oh that's how she's gonna get and i'm just like sorry i love you but I don't want to move in with you. That would just ruin our relationship. Oh, yeah. And then another thing, like, just do you have anything to add to this? All right. Oh, keep going. My other question is, what's wrong with renting? Oh, nothing. So what's, why, why is there so much, like, pressure and, and need to, like, own a place? I think maybe we're still in that mentality of, like, this living the dream. Yeah. Thing, you know, that you when buy, our parents. You buy a house with a white picket fence and yeah. a dog and yada 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 you own property and yeah. that's like a grown-up thing to do your parents did it before you yeah it's just like traditional 
like life goal in a sense. Right? Yeah. And I think a that's very like Western thinking too. But like when you look at New York and you look at San Francisco, I know I keep going back to these places, but these are yeah. places that have high rent as well. And like, I think the, the amount of people who own property in San Francisco and New York city are probably like similar to Vancouver where a lot of people are renting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I and think like so to too. buy a place in those cities is ridiculous. And I feel like Vancouver is heading in that direction. So then my question is, what is like why do we need to buy a place? Like what does that even mean? I guess in terms of like investment property and equity and stuff, it's great, but at the end of the day, it's like I would rather rent because one, I don't have to pay property taxes. Yeah. Two, I don't have to pay a maintenance fee. Yeah. Three, if anything happens with my apartment, the landlord's responsible for it. Yeah. And then when I when I die, it's like I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> flip side is then i have nothing to give to my future offspring if i were to have kids is that if that's the only reason you're getting a place is for your future offspring yeah then then what's the real point totally and in that sense like i'm already saving up and i have money like set aside for when i retire and if i die that can just go to them yeah right i don't know i feel like there's a lot of pressure to buy just buy for the sake of buying rather even now you think there's like a lot of pressure for that sure definitely so I feel like the same to too, like where it's, it's, I feel like it's changed a little bit. Like, yeah. um, the market right, people w- in New York, you never really hear of people like yeah. buying their own place. Totally. I think, I think like rent controlled apartments. Yeah, exactly. Like I think with the younger generation, this is renting is the norm, right? Cause we know that we can't afford a place. I just, it's impossible anyway. There's no yeah. way. So, uh, a report came out the lowest rates don't say they said the cost of living, for those age 18 to 34 is um, about $2,800 a month. That's not, that's, is that rent included? Just to make ends meet. That includes your rent. So now if affordable housing is just say 17, just say 1700 to make it easier. For like a one bedroom. For a one bedroom. Okay. Gosh, you need a roommate. I think if you had, okay. It's, so each paycheck has to be like $1,500, just say, to live comfortably. For sure. I think if you're like a single person, it's expensive to live. If you have somebody... It's a lot cheap. It's not your expenses get half essentially, right? Like rent alone would be half the cost of what you're already paying, right? If you have somebody. So everyone just needs to get paired up. Yeah. And then that makes things better, right? <laughs> so they broke it down like this. So yeah. uh, the cost Sorry, for, what website is this? This is um, from lowestrates.ca. It's a <laughs> online tool that compares financial products Got and it. provides users with the best and affordable rates. Okay. Right. Then compared Anyways. to the average prices of each basic necessity to reach the So this is, I guess, their rough estimate. This is what they 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 say. Yeah. So your rent is about nineteen hundred. Phone and internet internet one hundred and five dollars a month. So transportation one thirty three. That's if you own a car. Well, what if that counts as like bus or whatever? What's a Tax. one card or the compass card a month? I think it's about that much. Groceries about two hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah. Oh, this guy likes <laughs> to have fun. Three hundred and twenty-one dollars a month. This is based on Vancouver, right? Yeah, this is yeah. Vancouver to, uh, for two thousand eighteen. Yeah. For someone eighteen to thirty-four. Right, right. Live. That's true, though. Fitness seventy-five dollars. Yeah. I cut that out first. <laughs> and then insurance is uh, twenty dollars right. a month. I guess that's renters insurance. It's like twenty dollars a month. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Okay, then three twenty-one seems decent. Yeah. How much is a movie these days? Like 12 bucks? I think it's more like 15 bucks. Okay. Let's, let's get real here, okay? And then you, you, want, you want 3D or you want like your own seat? That's 20 bucks right there, right? Shit adds up quickly, man. Wow, that's expensive then. That doesn't give you much of a budget. So 321, they say divided by four. You have $80 to spend. Oh, day? A week. A week? That's okay. $80 a week for entertainment. I wonder if I spend that much. I should start like calc. You know, I've always thought about doing the thing where like you put, you just take cash, you pay cash, and you put your cash in jars, and then like each jar is like one week, and you only spend what's in the jar. Oh, interesting. But I can't do that. You should try it. You should do an experiment and then report back. You know, my biggest fear is going somewhere and not having enough money to buy anything. (laughs) That's your worst fear. Not one of my worst fears, (laughs) but it's a fear. Can't afford it. I can't afford it. You're poor. (laughs) (laughs) They'll know I'm poor. Uh, well, then you know how much cash you have. Yes, I'm aware of that. All the time. Yeah. So you can't be like, yep, I'll take uh, all these Sega Genesis. Right. <laughs> Here's a 20. Okay, yeah. I'll be leaving now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I'll take the box. <laughs> um, okay, so that was all I had for that one. Like, so, I guess it is what it is. Yeah. 
you want to live here, it costs money to live here. And also, it's like, okay, I, I don't know. It's bad, but how do you fix that? You can't really fix it because essentially we're, we are driving this growth, this exponential growth in Renton and like unaffordable housing. Yeah, we continue to stay here. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying like that, like it's our fault for staying here, but at the same time, how do you change that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. I, but, all I know is I'm going to be in this one bedroom apartment for the next 25 years. But at least you own it and you're... Your property value has probably like grown substantially since you first bought it. So doesn't mean I can like move anywhere else. Yeah, but you could move outwards rather than inwards. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, why not move to Burnaby? Coleman works in Burnaby. No. <laughs> why? Because you're above it. No, there's like no beach there. <laughs> oh, I see. I live by the beach. I don't need to be by the beach. Well, la dee da. <laughs> An Aquabus. I need the Aquabus. You don't understand. No, we're really, we're really lucky. It's just, I'll just live there forever. We'll just. It's a privilege living downtown at the end of the day. You know what I mean. So, I save money uh, like on other things. Like I don't have a car. Yeah. Are you trying to justify justify your 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 lifestyle or what do you? There's a trade off. So it's like if you live in the suburbs, but it's cheaper, you need a car. Yeah. Like traveling in, like public transportation is like impossible. Yeah. Uh, there all there are alternatives to owning a car though nowadays. Like there's Evo, there's Car to yeah. Go. Eventually we'll get Uber, I'm sure. And there's taxis and there's buses and then sky trains and stuff. You know, I love like, the bus. The yeah. bus is so it's perfect for where we are and like. I'm not sure I share your sentiments, but okay, I shouldn't say it's perfect. It's perfect at taking you from A to B. The people on it are the worst. Are Humans the worst. are awful. Yeah. Cool. Should we move uh, on to the next topic? Yeah, let's move on to something more fun. I was going right. to talk about some weird shit I found on the internet, but like we what? can save that for another day. Oh, just like this article I saw. <laughs> like in Delaware, you, you can choose to identify a race now. We'll expand on it. No, that was it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's Moving not on. I know. It's like... I think it's a very relevant topic, actually. Well, it's like, okay, I there's some people that identify with a gender yes okay that's something i can understand a little bit yeah um but then to identify or like to choose your own race is that going too far that is going too far i think right is that and also it's like is that cultural or like i guess racial appropriation versus racial appreciation you know what i mean yeah what does that even mean like choosing your own that's like you're born what now that i'm saying it aloud like maybe it's like, this is, you identify. This is how I imagine it. It's like your older brother listened to rap music. Right. Okay, first you're white. Yeah. Your older brother listens to rap music. All his friends are black, just say. Okay. Um, And then you feel a connection to the music and yeah. maybe to that culture. And now you feel like you identify more with that okay. than your own. Right. But So now you think of yourself as a black person. Okay. That's how I feel. Like, remember that girl, what's her name? Rachel Dolezal, the... The teacher? She was... uh, Who said she was black when she wasn't? Yeah, Yeah. she was a white woman. Right. She just had a perm. Yeah. (laughs) Some tanning. Yeah, she did some tanning. Yeah. She did an Afro style, like, Afro style hair. Wait, so are you, do you, are you, do you agree with the fact of what Delaware's doing and saying you can now choose your own race, or do you disagree with that? I disagree with that because I think it goes back to a podcast or something we were talking about before. Yeah. Where it was like, um, it was your yeah my beef. Yeah, it was your that beef. Guy. Yes, yeah. that that person. Yeah. So that Rachel's girl who thinks she's black. Yeah. Or identifies black. She was calling it transracial. Right. That she believes she is black. Yeah. And then your friend was more like just nitpicking yeah. what he yeah. thought was great yeah. about the Japanese. And when you do that, I think you're forgetting their history. Right. Or you're choosing not to think about. Yeah. So that. I think so, that's, I think that's also the major difference between cultural appreciation versus cultural appropriation. You know, like you're giving awareness and creating awareness to the history that's behind the thing that you're, you're appreciating versus appropriating where you're using it more as a, like a costume. So it's yeah. like an outfit, a fashion piece. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's like, I think like if you were to compare race to, to like gender, they're quite similar, right? It's, it's a biological makeup, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um. So why can't a person feel like 
they aren't the race that they are? I guess that's the question, right? I, I think my immediate reaction is, that's really offensive. Yeah, it you know sounds I mean? messy too. And what does that even mean? Like, you so now you think you're Chinese? Like, do you speak Chinese? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you... oh, you just you ate noodles yeah. and you hold chopsticks in totally. your back pocket. So I think in that sense, it's totally not okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it's okay. No. Unless you can understand. I don't even know if there's an unless yeah. without having understood the history or like growing up in that history. Yeah. I don't think you can just say like it's transracial and identify yeah. with being Chinese. Totally. I think. Also, like with this, it's like race has historical, like has a historical background and a cultural experience that, unless you're that race, you don't understand it. You know what I mean? There's so many nuances to it. That, so then, how about gender then? So, but gender doesn't have any historical background, right? A gender is like almost like a physical, not biological, but like it's like a gene, right? It's like I can't explain it. it okay, so. You don't appropriate being female if you're a male. You know what I mean? Okay. Some kids understand they identify more with aspects of a girl than they are a boy yeah. at a very young age. Yeah. So you're right. There doesn't need to be much history yeah. there. It's it's. I would say it's like it's more black and white than choosing a race, you know? Because, race, like I said, race has so many more perspectives and like nuances to it that a gender doesn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I don't know. I was talking to my friend, uh, like, last, like, a few days ago, and she was saying how, like, the best way to get rid of discrimination is to just have one, like, almost, like, one color, right? Like, beige. If everybody was beige, hmm. then you wouldn't have a problem. And that's why she, and she was telling me how, like, more people need to have, like, interracial babies, because you eventually get rid of this, this social construct of race and and racism, right? You get rid of it when everybody's one color. No, that's true. Because um, I was listening to, it was um the latest podcast from Modern Family. Yeah. And the short story was their child was going to school. Yeah. They had bought him these costumes because he was really into theater. And a few of them were dresses as well. So, yeah. you know, the characters are both male and female. They didn't think it was like harmful or anything. And he chose to wear the woman costumes or the yeah. dresses yeah. more. Yeah. First it was just like just at home and then it was just going out, grocery yeah. shopping. Yeah. And then if he was like gonna go swimming, he'd put shorts on. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then they were like, hey, you're going to grade one. Um we'll probably need some back to school clothes. Yeah. Like what do you think you'll need? Because mm -hmm. these these dresses are costume. Yeah. He's like, okay. So he was just like, yeah, um, I guess a couple of like skirts and dresses. Right. And she's like, okay, um, well, how do you feel the kids are going to react? And he right. was just, you know, he's like six years old. I think they'll, they'll make fun of me. They'll say I'm stupid and dresses are just for girls. Right. And then how will you react? He's right. like, um, I don't know. So it's kind of like this dialogue she's having because she's still like, you know, the mom's freaked out. Right. That he might be discriminated against. But already he's like finding that he identifies as more female, but I feel like it was like more categorized in like attire. Right. Rather but than something deeper. Something deeper. Yeah. And I think as you grow older, you explore those things. But right. he had a, like he had parents that allowed him to do that, which I think, you know, if you're identifying as, as a girl and you're a boy, like that's scary for your parents. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Boys can't wear dresses. But, uh, so he went to school like that, and he continues to dress that way. And I, and kids in his class, a few of them were like, are you a boy or a girl? Yeah. It's like, I'm a boy, yeah. but you're wearing a dress. He's like, I know, but I'm still a boy. So right. I choose to wear this. Yeah. Uh, you choose to wear that, and I choose to wear this. And everyone's like, okay. Yeah. And, and like, kids no were just like, it. yeah, it had no issue. It's yeah. like, it's the parents. It's us that have. They create the fear and the resistance to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree for sure with that. It has nothing to do with the Delaware thing, but, no, but, it's... <laughs> but I would just say like early on, and I think, I don't know, as a kid, these students are now identifying with other races, had experience that yeah. they identified as being, you know, Chinese totally at the age of five. For sure. Anyways, let's see how that happens because yeah. it sounds messy. Right. <laughs> let's see what happens there. I'm sure it's going to go nowhere. Let's just say that. You know, Delaware's trying. Yeah, They're exactly. trying to do Be something up there. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of race, yeah. this kind of leads into my topic. So, um, I guess first things first, has your mom ever told you to not tan so much? Or 
has she ever said, oh, you're too dark? Has that ever happened? Um, Not really like with my mom's side. It would be more my dad's side. Right. They like you to be like light-skinned. Light-skinned. So light-skinned yeah. was definitely like a common thing in your family, right? Oh, for sure. I definitely know like in my family, light-skinned was definitely like something that it's a, it's a very like generous compliment that you give somebody when you say that, oh, their skin is like so white and like soft, you know? Oh, like like milk, doll. right? Yes. And so with that said, you know, um, lighter skin is always like something that's valued, especially in Asian cultures. Dark skin is always viewed as something that's like not um, favorable in any way. Yeah, because then if you're dark, yeah. you're like you're a worker. Totally. You're yeah. A field worker. Exactly, and these kind of um, historical uh, stereotypes and labels have actually been relevant for so long that they've actually created these deep scars in POC people of color, like their cultures and their perspectives. Um, and also to combat this and to give people the prestige of having lighter skin, many products have come out. Yeah. Um, skin whitening products to be exact. And this goes way, way back. Um, you can Google just like skin whitening products and one of them was Pears. Pears soap where they um they were they have advertisements of like a white person and a black person and the black person used Pears soap to to clean mm. himself and now they're white, so to speak, you know? Um, so it goes as far back as like the black racism and slavery trade and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, so I did see that too. Nowadays, skin whining is a very huge market in, in the global like world, so to speak. Um, skin whining products sold in India alone uh, totaled up to $400 million a year. So in India, that's one of like, I can definitely see where skin whining is a huge thing because Everything you see in the Indian media, they're all light-skinned. All the celebrities are light-skinned. You never yeah. really see a dark-skinned Indian person. Um, some additional stats. Um, the world's highest percentage of users of skin whitening products is in Nigeria, where 8 out of 10 women use this. On a market analysis report uh, from just as close as June of 2017, the skin whitening market was worth $10 billion in 2015. And they anticipate by 2024, this is going to grow up to $31.2 billion. So how does this uh, market for skin whitening grow? Well, it's through ad campaigns, um, cosmetic uh, magazine, you know, all that stuff, right? Cosmetics in the magazines and skincare ads and all these advertisements and campaigns and celebrity endorsements, they're all focusing on um, discriminating against uh, darker skin tones, such as like saying, like I've seen some commercials where you have like a dark skinned person and a light skinned person and the dark skinned person is, you know, they can't get into a club or they can't get a job or they're poor or, you know, there's a certain prestige or status that's involved with being a lighter skinned versus being a darker skinned person. And this has reached people on a global level, not just in India. So skin whitening products are categorized under cosmetics and skincare. And the global cosmetic market today is worth roughly $239.5 billion dollars. And they're anticipating that this will grow to $344.4 billion uh, by 2020. Of this massive cosmetic market, 36.9% of the market share is in Asia Pacific. So Asians are obviously the key demographic of these skin whitening products, which makes sense because Asians do have darker skin tone as compared to um, Caucasians, like Western people and Hispanics for that matter. so with this 36.9% of the of the share uh, being in Asia Pacific, it's obvious that Asians are being the most damaged by this exposure to these ad campaigns. And uh, a sociologist named Margaret Hunter uh, calls this type of discrimination colorism. And she defines it as the process of discrimination that privileges light-skinned people over their dark-skinned counterparts. Colorism is focused on the skin tone as opposed to racial or ethnic identity. So that makes sense so far, right? Like, um, whereas racial or ethnic identity is based on your culture, skin tone is literally face value. It's not genetics. It, no, sorry, it is genetics, but you're discriminated just on a shade that you are. So oh, like with, totally. within a race, essentially, right? Some examples of this concept, just to prove this colorism, sorry, is that a study was done by Villanova University in 2011, which showed that it showed that lighter skinned black women received 12% less time behind bars than those with darker skin tones. Another one is um, in career professions, 
white interviewers deemed light-skinned black and hispanics more intelligent than dark-skinned individuals so these were all like tests and surveys done um but at the same time this isn't really a new concept either it isn't like when i was growing up there's a product in the philippines yeah. called escanol yeah and we used it yeah but you didn't even know what it was i didn't know though, right? it, i didn't know it wasn't until it was, it was later on i was like this yeah. everything says whitening on it yeah totally and i spent most of my time trying to get dark yeah like i don't need this totally um and that goes for like you know family in the philippines yeah. they are darker yeah and a lot of them wanted to be lighter so they are there are like sales reps for yeah some of the whitening products yeah and they definitely use it for sure definitely and like thing is like it's hard when you've been told all your life that your dark dark skin tone your natural dark skin tone is unappealing it's it's not desirable you know you tend to believe it and then you kind of just do it because it's the norm you know what i mean like you shouldn't have dark skin but this isn't really a new concept either like back in the civil rights movement um there were attempts to counter this with uh, a lot of ads that came out that were that were trying to drive home the fact that black is beautiful but because of the previous historical damage that has already been created it's it, it wasn't it didn't prove very successful so in regards to going back to you and saying you use escanol um that's uh was that like a like a cream it's a brand yeah it's a brand so this brand makes products like yeah. that so we know for a fact that skin whitening products have been around for a long long time like like i said pear soap today's forms come in many many different uh different formats uh they have chemical peels they actually have like needle injections that you inject into your body um they have pills that you can take and i think in your situation they have products that had like literally putting bleach on your face and body. Yeah. So yeah. Vice did a thing on that. Yeah. Um, and women were putting bleach on them yeah. and wrapping yeah. their their bodies totally. in cellophane. Yeah. Cause to lock it in. Totally. Yeah. So that's literally something that people are doing right now. Um, that's so scary, man. Uh, a key ingredient in all these skin whitening things is something a, a chemical called hydroquinone. It's used. It's this type of chemical is used in photo processing. It's used in tire yeah. manufacturing. It's used in hair dyes. So a great thing is that this this chemical has been banned worldwide. But just because it's banned doesn't mean you can't buy it, and you can still buy it under the table through like third party sellers like eBay. So it still exists, and we all know that these products are actually like really really damaging, and they can have really bad side effects. Not only on emotional level but physical level and some common side effects of this are cystic acne skin thinning and ochronosis which is essentially darkening of the skin so we actually have the opposite effect of this the thing is this still exists because while we are aware that colorism is a major issue that should be put to end it doesn't help that the media around us and celebrities around us are are doing the opposite they're kind of reflecting colorism to a high extent like like you said lil kim was an example Michael Jackson is another one. Um, even just ad campaigns depicting uh, people of color always show lighter skinned people. It's never the opposite. Like while there are many media influences on light skin, there's also the opposite where there is a resurgence and a revival of, of skin tone appreciation. You know, nowadays you see more darker skinned yeah, uh, African-Americans right. or African-Canadians. Um, Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther is a prime example of that. So there is hope. But it's going to be like a slow undoing of all the damage that has been done in, in historical, historically speaking. So I guess the question that kind of brings up based on the summary is like, how do we, being who we are, create the acceptance and get rid of colorism? Yeah, okay. That's a big question. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I know for fact, I didn't realize that it was a term called color. Like, I just learned today that that was the name of the term. I know growing up, my mom was always like, don't tan so much and make sure you wear sunscreen and make sure you wear a hat, you know? Yeah. Like. So I think for stars, it's to kind of parents to stop driving home the fact that a light skin tone is a good skin tone, so to speak. You know what I mean? How about for you then growing up when you yeah. see someone darker, yeah. do you had or had you had judged that person differently than someone lighter skin? No, definitely not. Like it never, it never was an issue for me for some reason. I think being Asian, it's just, it was normal for me to see, not see skin tones, but to not really be aware of skin tones because I always I always knew that I was like darker. The thing is, like you know who's white. Yeah. And then that was kind of like it. Yeah, exactly. Like you got the the black kid in your class, the brown yeah. kid. But you... I I was aware that like when I was younger that like I shouldn't tan so much, but it never bothered me. Like you know what I mean? Like 
even today like i'm quite the opposite like i want to be yeah me too you know like i want to tan i want to get dark but then i'm just like is why do i want to why do i want to be tan and why do i want to be dark right it's a kind of like questioning thing is it more of like a is it a colorism thing or is it just a feeling i don't know i like being in the sun yeah i like being in the sun i like the tan i feel like i, don't I think know. clothes look better with yeah. a little bit of a sun kiss yeah i feel like there is a movement now where it's quite the opposite right they have like tanning songs and everything now but i think nowadays like people not wanting to tan they're they're using health risks as like yeah you know what i mean like you don't want to get cancer and all that stuff yeah it's weird too because i'm trying to think like am i judgmental with people who are like a darker asian yeah or lighter asian yeah no like i i can't i i don't think there's an occasion yeah i think i do think that it still exists definitely yes yeah. i agree with that um i feel like i have when i was younger i didn't realize like it didn't do anything to me but i am aware that like people have been saying oh you're so dark you tan so much and i've also remembered the opposite where people are like oh like oh your son's skin is so light like he's he's very like i don't know it's like white and like white white and soft or like white and cloudy like you know it's just like very like fluffy you know what i mean like white, oh, interesting. white is great you yeah. know what i mean i remember you were telling me though like based just because like was it you that was a darker skin tone? No, you were the favorite one because you, you had a oh, lighter yeah. skin so tone. Oh, yeah, so on my dad's side, my sister was darker. Yeah. So they'd be like, yeah, she's dark like your grandma. And my yeah. grandma's really dark. Yeah. Uh, but it's you. But also... they like my skin tone because I'm so light. Yeah. Look at me, so light. Yeah, so then I think they almost, like, use that as, like, a negative connotation where they're just, yeah. like, you're so light-skinned and you're your sister's so dark-skinned, you know? Yeah. Like, what happened to her? You know what I mean? Yeah, they'd kind of make fun of my sister yeah. a little bit, too. You don't really think about, like, the kind of the, the perspectives that have been created through media as to why. And is that, is colorism then associated to, like, you know how, like, in the past episodes I've talked about how, like, you know, no Asians, you know? Like, is, yeah. is that colorism as well, then? Is that colorism and racism? Like, say, if I was white, but the same person, but my skin tone was, I was white, would that no Asian person be attracted to me? You know what I mean? I think if there's, I think we, I think we talked about it, if race is in your preferences, there's something racist about yeah, that. for sure. The colorism thing, that is, I think, internally, too. Yeah. Like I, your perception of what is beautiful it right. needs to be lighter so you are going to dose yourself in espanol yeah. and just bleach in a bleach bath just yeah like you just like a fucking guy. wrap yourself up yeah. in bleach yeah i guess the question is are you trying to look like a white guy or are you trying to create prestige and status to show that you don't work in the fields anymore you know what i mean is it like i think when you're involved? okay so if if that's the case yeah i think it is like almost in three steps yeah. so it's like you're a darker skinned yeah. asian person right who wants to look lighter. Yeah. Like a lighter Asian yeah. person. Right. But in pursuing that, you want to be white looking. Yeah. So it all comes down to coming back to being just white. Right. Exactly. Like white is right, so to speak. You know Ugh, what I mean? That's such a crazy term. I remember I used to joke around about that. Yeah. And now it's making me cringe. Because it's like, it's, I think because it's more relevant to you now. Yeah. The fact that you're cringing. It's like, you understand how deep that goes. You know what I mean? It's just crazy too, like, you know, within racism, there's racism within races. Yeah. And that's where colorism exists. So like colorism colorism is like almost like a subcategory of racism. Okay. You know I mean? No, no, you that's totally right. Which is crazy. It's like I feel like humans are almost like bred to be racist. You know what I mean? Like you can't even just get rid of racism because within racism there's even more there's even more things to it's tackle. Like, yeah, we're you know both I mean? Asian, but you're like the darker kind. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Yeah, exactly. It's like, really? You've already experienced racism. Now you're going to be racist against your own race? Yeah, because you know you're darker. Mean? Exactly. This is weird. We can't sit together. Yeah. Like, I know in Cantonese, there's a phrase like, like, you know, saying the white ones, like, it, uh, they say, uh, which is like, white and like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, it's like, just like. White a, and pretty? You're white and pretty almost. Like, okay. And then when you're black, it's. Which is like black and like just like very very black, you know what I mean? And like oh, those are two words that you, that you say, right? So it's just crazy that like like I didn't really think about it until I was exposed to colorism, and I'm like, oh my god! Like my mom was like throwing her colorism bullshit onto me, you know what I mean? And yeah. I never listened to her. Like I still did whatever I fuck I wanted to do. Like I if I was gonna play outside, I'm gonna play outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll get dark. I don't care. You know what I mean? But it's just like. I was fortunate enough to not let it get to me, but I know, I definitely know people to this day who are very, like, 
very focused on being white. Not being white as in like being a Caucasian, no, but like white. like fair skin. Fair skin, yeah. yeah. So to the point where like they use like skin whitening products. And it's huge in Korea. Like look at oh. all those Korean people, you know what I mean? Like they're all freaking pale and white. Porcelain. Yeah, porcelain. Shiny yeah. Skinned. Which is, it's just crazy that, you know, it's going to take a long time to undo all of this, like, social, like, racism that's been created. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's nuts. I remember I was, like, maybe I was five or six or whatever. Yeah. I spent the whole day outside, got really, really dark. Yeah. My grandma was like, whoa, you're so <laughs> dark. But it wasn't negative. It's like, now you look Hawaiian. And I was yeah. like, oh, I look Hawaiian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is fantastic. Like, for me, I view it as exotic being darker, right? Yeah. But I think the thing is, like, we should learn to appreciate the skin tone or natural skin tone and not try and create a skin tone that isn't ours. I think at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's arguments on both sides where it's like, if you're, if you're dark skin and using bleaching products, you're, people are saying, why are you doing that? Appreciate the skin tone and not damage your skin tone. Yeah. Then the opposite can be said about lighter skin people who want to get dark because they're exposing themselves, themselves to UV rays and therefore expose themselves to like melanoma and skin cancer and all that yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's arguments on both sides. And I think at the end of the day, you just have to really appreciate the skin tone that you have and not try and be something that, that you weren't naturally, naturally born with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not like I go to the Chinese salon. Yeah, not anymore. Not those days are behind me. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, fuck the summer. Yeah. I'm in the sun all the time. I love the sun. All day or a day. Or a day forever. Word. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's my topic. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people, listeners just really think twice about, you know, when you're trying to change anything about yourself, ask yourself why and what is the purpose of it. You know what I mean? That's a good one. I think, I think our episode with Babette really hit yeah. home because I'm this is decolonizing, like, right? Exactly. Yeah. And now we're like constantly asking ourselves why, and that's yeah. like another reason or another thing to ask yeah. ourselves, like why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, we'll have Babette back. Too. Yeah, she was a good one. She's a good She's a powerhouse. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some so uh, sweet and sour, sour and sweet. Yes. Um, What's your sour, girl? My sour. Oh, it was American. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we got our stroller in um, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And one of the rivets was broken. Yeah. Um, so it's already under warranty. I I called Toys R Us and they were like, hey, you just need to call Britax for yeah. a part. Like, Cool. It ended up being a like customer service rep in the states. Yeah, she's probably from Delaware. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah, that dumb. She she probably thought she was like Korean or some shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she's like, Korean. hi, my name's Haywon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to tell her, um, you know, a few things. Uh, maybe I have a Canadian accent. Yeah. I think maybe we both do. I guess, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know, eh? Like, I don't what's, know, what's that I don't... a boot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of that's a boot. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to give her my postal code. Yeah. And there's a Z in it. Yeah. A Z in it. Yeah. Um, and when I'd get to it, it'd be like V6Z. Right. She's all like, what? Come again? I was like, V6Z. And then she's all like, okay, you'll have to talk slower. I'm like, V as in victory, six as in six, <laughs> Z as in zebra. And she's like, oh, Z? I was like, yeah. You guys call it Z? And then she just like laughed and I had to start all over again. So I gave her, I tried to give her the postal code like five or six times. Right. And it was it. It was just like a total disconnect. She's like, ah, you'll have to see attention to Anita. And then she was like laughing. And I was like, okay, I'll send the photos over to her. Yeah. And then in the midst of all of that, she didn't even give me the email address to thing. send it. Right. <laughs> so I did call back, but it was just like frustrating. It's sure. like Z and Z. Are there any other letters in the alphabet that's as close as those two? Like, why can't you be like Z zebra? Yeah. I said Z zebra. She's like, it's no. It's the fucking same. I'm American. So you're going to speak American. <laughs> she just laughs. She's yeah. like, ah, you'll have to say that again. Yeah. It's like Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, um, yeah, my peeve, my sour. That's not good. Yeah, like, what the, what the? What the, what the? And English is closest to, I guess, the OG of English yeah. being, like, UK. Yeah. So, girl, you wrong. <laughs> She's very wrong. 
Sheesh. Um, but yeah, that's my sour. Maybe you should say your sour, and then we'll both end with sweetie, sweetie goodness. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I have a sour this time. Like, that's good. Yeah, I, I don't think I have a sour. I think today I'm gonna say no sour. Good. No I don't sour. Wanna, I don't want to taste sour today. No sour on your plate. No, no sour. Just the sweet. Yeah. Sweet goodness. But I'll go into sweet. I can, I can go I start with my sweet first. Yeah, do it. So I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on my on the podcast, but I used to really enjoy smoking weed a lot. <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad boy. Yeah, you like them drugs. <laughs> yeah. But um, I had a really bad breakup with weed. <laughs> oh, no. It gave me really bad anxiety, like depression and just nervous attacks like all yeah. the time. So I stopped and I cut it out. I, I would dabble here and there, but I would always be cautious because... There have been times where I really fucked myself over with weed. Yeah. So I've taken a break. And recently, my friend was telling me about how she went to a dispensary. And through the dispensary, she was able to find certain types of weed that don't create the anxiety attacks and the paranoia and the the nervousness and all that stuff and the fear. So I thought about it for a long time. And I was like, do I want to get back into it? If I do get back into it, I want to get back to it in a more responsible, you know, way. And so... Uh, I went to a dispensary close by work called The Village. Okay. Uh, and I told her straight up, like, I used to smoke a lot. I don't anymore, but I want to get back into it in a more healthy way, in a more uh, responsible way. Yeah. And she was like, sure, yeah, no no problem. And she recommended me some, some weeds to try. And I'm happy to say that I've gone back into it. Yeah. Like, responsibly, I haven't gone excessively into it, but I've just been smoking, like, certain strains that was it like indica yeah it was like it it was a hybrid it was a hybrid but it's cbd but cbd cbd is a type of i guess it's it's just a type of weed that there is like type of strain okay but it doesn't it doesn't create like the highs and it doesn't like get you really really low it's more it's you mostly use as a pain pain reliever oh yes like if you have headaches it's good to smoke that yeah so for me it's actually worked quite quite well because they have like it's a mix of like CBD and THC, with THC, which is what gets you high, and CBD is like the strain that kind of is like a pain reliever, I think. So I've been smoking that, and I've actually been, it's actually helped a lot, so. So you're feeling like more just mellowed out? Yeah, like I, I smoke it before I go to bed, I vape, okay. I vape, yeah. and then it just helps me go to sleep. Do you still get munchies? It relax- no, I don't get any munchies. It relaxes me, it's great. I don't get fucking baked, though. No, because even like yeah. three tokes, yeah. you get the benefits totally. of the, the weed. Yeah, so. I guess oh, that's good. Yeah, just I kind of want to further expand on that. So, um, I've also been doing this thing called microdosing, which I told you about, where you're just taking a small amount, like a literal small amount of shrooms every day, and I mix it with my coffee and I drink it. And so the weed combined with the shrooms, and I've also been taking this thing called Saint John's Wort, Saint John's Wort, which is uh, uh like a natural herbal supplement used for like. Uh, stress relief and depression and all that stuff mm-hmm. so that all three of those combinations have really like kind of I feel like balanced me out where I wouldn't get like really bad anxiety attacks anymore I don't get super down all of a sudden and yeah I feel like I'm in a really good place right now and I feel really like clear and my mind is ah. just like I feel more aware and just more stable so it's like balanced yeah so it's really great and are you still like microdosing yeah and it's I don't know. I feel like it's amazing. It's so your symptoms or the, the yeah. side effects. It's not. I'm not like, like baked and like hallucinating. Okay, like, yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're not, not shrooms like yeah, fuck you up. You're not taking like a, a, a amount to like fuck you up. You're literally just injecting, not injecting, but like exposing your body to small of trace amounts. So, so are you noticing the difference right away? No. When I first started microdosing, I felt I did feel like I I felt something from the shrooms right away. But now, like, I'm probably two and a half weeks, two, three weeks into it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel it anymore. I just, I don't, I don't feel high. But I feel, I don't know if it's the weed, the, the wart, the, the wart, the St. John wart, St. John's wart, or the microdosing, but, or the combination of all three, but whatever it is, I feel stable. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. That's like a more holistic yeah. approach to that. Yeah. Everything I'm taking is not a chemical. It's all yeah. from the earth. Because there are other medications yeah. that help with anxiety yeah. like, and depression. And I don't want to take that stuff because yeah. then you become chemically dependent on it. You know what I mean? And getting yourself off of it has really terrible repercussions as well. 
And I don't think I'm that severe where I need to go on chemical medications for it. So why not try a holistic approach? I mean, St. John's wort is prescribed all, all of Europe as like a common use for depression. So it's clearly something that is effective. And there's no negative side effects either. For so that's natural use. too? Yeah. Take it three times a day. What is it? It's a type of herb. Oh. Yeah. It's great though. So I don't know. If you, if you have mild depression, if you have anxiety attacks, if you have paranoia or anything, get on it. Try it. Try my try my trifecta. My, my trifecta. What happens if you decide to get off of it? So yeah, I think about What is about, that stage? Is there like a weaning off process like you know. would a like an antidepressant or something? I don't think I don't know. I've never I've only just been doing this for Yeah, like a couple of weeks. Yeah, right? like I'd say like a month at most. So I don't I don't do I want to be dependent on this no but at this point i don't i don't know what the i don't know you're like reaping the benefits of it like you're living like a a, i guess a better life totally i don't think there's any negative side effects of taking like vitamins every day no right am i i guess i don't am i trying to make an excuse for something right now i don't know i just feel like if it's working because you know the symptoms you've had and now they're like alleviated or like they're non-existent totally so so it's like you're living a better life yeah. than you did a month ago. Totally. So yeah, that's kind of my sweet. I don't know, self cure myself, I guess, or self self stabilize myself. Yeah, without and, the need of chemical medication. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think step one is awareness and understanding and acceptance, and the step two is actually like finding alternative methods besides drugs to yeah. So drugs, it, drugs it, in the medical sense. <laughs> I'm t- yeah, <laughs> shrooms and weed. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Drugs. But yeah, so that's kind of. Oh, my prescription. My sweet. That is a good sweet. Yeah. A okay. A okay. I've done shrooms like once. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. That's what I was imagining like every day for you. Like on the computer writing emails. Yeah. I'm not even writing real emails. <laughs> <laughs> Report will be done on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's how I imagined it. But yeah, thanks no, for bringing no, 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 me no. back down. No, no, no. It's nothing like that at all. Like, I don't feel it. Let's just say that. I don't. I don't feel anything. Yeah, just feeling like the benefits yeah. of like feeling happy, yeah. low anxiety, totally. or no anxiety. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You're going to keep going with it? Yeah, I will until I run out of the shrooms and then maybe I'll I'll stop taking the shrooms. Because apparently the whole purpose of microdosing with shrooms is that it repairs your brain and uh, improves your memory. So that's like one way to do it. They say sh- mushrooms are like one of the best things you can have every day. Not like matching mushrooms, but just mushrooms in general. Okay. There's so many health benefits to it. I like mushrooms. Anyways. Anyways, well, What's your sweet? My sweet is actually sweet. Tell me like about the it. With sugar in it. Tell me about it, stud. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I love grease. Um, so I saw this video. Oh, yeah. I know what it was. Yeah. Tasty. Yeah. So I tried it this morning. What is and it? And it was um, using cake mix to make cookies. Okay. It's really easy. It's like the easiest. Okay. So I basically took white cake mix. Yeah. Um, crushed up a bunch of Oreos. Yeah. Threw that in there with two eggs and yeah. some oil. Yeah. Mixed it all up, and then I made um cookies and cream cookies. cookies. It's like a cookie and a cookie. But it's like really soft cookies. It's soft cookies. Yeah. So just using cake mix. You so just it's put in a pan essentially, right? That's Instead it. You like... just mix it up, roll it up into like golf size. Yeah. Um, balls, yeah. all of them the same size, laid on the pad. 12, 15 minutes later, you've yeah. got fucking awesome cookies. Yeah. So good. I'll show you a picture. Um, well, thought, and it was so I thought so you said I'll you some. I made some for you, but yeah. Thanks. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty whore. No, I was making them for the baby shower. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, uh, but yeah, it looks good, huh? Yeah. It's like wait. gooey. Can we do And it's them? not even that sweet either. No. I thought it'd be like intense. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's great. That's, that's awesome. That's my sweet recommendation. It's just so easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you still feel like you've made it because yeah. you're stirring all that shit in. For sure. Um, yeah. So that's my recommendation. And then um, while you're baking and you want something to watch, I recommend uh, Queer Eye on Netflix. So good. So yeah. This will probably be our last podcast before on Kwee Yeah, that's so exciting though, you yeah. know what I mean? I was telling Jess that maybe we should record an episode in the hospital room. And I was like, what a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's film the whole thing too and we'll live stream it. Yeah, so for all listeners, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode because next episode, we'll be talking to a whole new Jess, Mama Jess, 
Mama Jess. Mama Jess will be yeah. our replacement. For She's fun. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I think you might like her. Yeah. She might be just as cool as yeah. this one. This is the last time you'll listen to Pregnant Jess. Yeah. And then she'll be a whole new lady. Whole new lady. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess until next time. Thanks for listening. What's our outro? I don't know. We just say bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, okay. Bye. Bye.